Hi, you're listening to the Trash Trio is Reading with Ram, Dilch, and Lit. Think about so, your favorite genre. To you, which author is the master of that genre? Well, I know Lynn's answer. I also know Ram's answer. Yeah. <laughs> Who learned you? But I will ask about yours? Let's let's just let's just talk about yours then. Mm-hmm. Why not? No, let, let me let, let me guess first. I think okay. The question is: Think about your favorite genre. To you, mm-hmm. which authors is the master of that genre? Mm-hmm. For Ram, is it sort of like historical fiction, and your favorite would be Pram? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Am I correct in guessing that? Oh, that's right. Okay, for Lynn. <laughs> I think yeah. your favorite genre is fantasy, and maybe right. your the the master of this genre is Neil Gaiman. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. So you, the thing is, though, very predictable. It's not that we're predictable. We try to do the random thing so that the questions sort of like jump, so that we have different topics each episode, but. Uh, the more we do the questions, yeah. the more. <laughs> but but that's the whole point, isn't it? We're getting, we're trying to get to know each other. Technically, yeah. yeah. Or we get to know ourselves. Yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. As for me, mm-hmm. my favorite genre is historical fiction, but I don't have mm-hmm. like one. So you're like a mix of both of us, historical yeah, but I and don't fiction. Have, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't have one specific author that I think is the master of this genre, but. Yeah. Listen to this. You're right, Ben. Mm-hmm. Ram is right when he said that I'm a mix of both of you. Technically, I do mm-hmm. like fantasy also. And if we were to combine those two uh, genres, uh-huh. fantasy and historical fiction, there's one author that pops up that I think is the master of that specific combination of genre with a little bit of science fiction on it. Mm-hmm. It's Claire North. Okay. Yes. Oh, I was so hoping that you're going to say her. Who was it? Listen to this. Since Lynn is a big fan of, yeah, since Lynn is also a big fan of Claire North, I'm not going to like, I'm I'm, I'm not going to educate, quote unquote, Lynn about Claire North. You, on the other hand, you're about to get your mind fucking blown. Listen to this. Okay. I think you know this book because I have several of her books, uh, you know, at, at in our bedroom. I don't know if you're aware of that because you generally never cared about what I have. <laughs> but anyway, I have a couple of I have a couple of her books. I've read probably four of her books. Listen to this. The first book from her that I've read is the first fifteen lives of Harry August. That's just. That's, I think that there's a fantasy aspect to it, right? I mean, the, the concept oh, yeah, of someone repeating their lives over and over again, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's super cool. It'll fucking oh, blow one. your mind. And then the second it's book good. that I read from her was The Sudden Appearance of Hope, which is also yeah. good because... Oh, wow. Yeah. The, the thing is, huh. that yeah. book was published in 2016 right? Mm. So that's like four years ago. But the world that was in that book, that is so much like the world we're living right now. The way we use mm-hmm. apps, the way everything is connected mm-hmm. with one apps and another, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the Oh, whole- and the, you know, the instant gratification. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. Oh. Thank you for bringing that up. I almost forgot about oh. that part. And then oh the God. third book from Claire North that I read is Touch, which is so mm. fucking mind-blowing that I, I cannot even put into words how great Touch was. It was so... The thing is, when you first read the book, you knew that it was going to be epic. You knew that this book was going to be epic. But you are not prepared for the amount of sadness it will bring you as the book ends. Like, you didn't expect... The character, because the the main character doesn't have a name as far as I'm concerned. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think... Yeah. I, you don't necessarily mm. know if the character is like a he or a she, because it's yeah. never elaborated. But yeah. the moment you read that book, you knew that it was going to be epic. But the thing is, oh, you yes. expect 
that kind of ending. First of all, the ending is out of this world. Second of all, the effect it has on you as it ends, it's, oh, I know this sounds not convincing because I kept just saying like, oh, this is so good, this is so good. But honestly, man, with books, you don't really know how good it is until you actually make the time and read said book. Mm -hmm. And by the way, mm -hmm. as for touch ram, I actually have the paperback. So if you're interested, you could read it. And then the mm -hmm. last book from Claire North that I read was The End of the Day, which is kind of good, but I think mm -hmm. the layout of the of the book was kind of weird. So it's it's really hard to enjoy. But then again, once you've read a couple of books from Claire North, you start to realize that that's how she wrote the story she has this really distinct weirdness oh, yeah. yeah if if, mm -hmm. if that is if the end of the day is your first book on claire north you probably put the book down and never picked it up again but mm. i've but i've read three of her books before that so mm. I, I can really bring myself to read it but mm. i think for a first book i would generally recommend the first 15 lives of harry august because that's that's the most yes. tame i think I mean, yes. she, she has other books that was uh, published long before the first 15 lives of Harry August, but like, nah. I don't know, because the other mm. the other books that were that were published before before the first 15 lives of Harry August was like series. Mm. So maybe that took a lot of time, oh. to, spend time to read it. So if you want to mm -hmm. read like a standalone Claire North book, I think you should start with the first 15 lives of Harry August because that's the least confusing storytelling oh, yeah. that he has, right? I, have you read mm -hmm. the first 15 lives of Harry August? Like? I've read like the, the, the first three that you mentioned and it's all actually because, right? well, Thanks to Dilch. She recommended the first 15 lives, lives of Mary August to me. And, it's and then awesome, I came across, right? it was so awesome. It was so good. It's like, good. I kid you not. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I came to know the sudden appearance of Hope, mm -hmm. uh, which I also totally enjoyed. Mm. Um, Perfection. And Touch was also, oh wow, Touch was great. Like, man. Touch was honestly, insane. I was, okay, but I haven't really read the end of day. Uh, so that's uh, probably going to come in mind. Who, I haven't. Did I have, yet. Who did I have discussion about it? Um, maybe I. <laughs> and then the. But anyways, is, a yeah. lot of like, there are a lot of great quotes from her. Oh book. yeah, this is one oh, of my yeah. favorite. From this is one of the reason why Touch is my favorite from hers, because mm -hmm. there's this specific quotes that I like from from mm. uh, from Touch. This is it. Mm -hmm. Nothing is ever quite enough. No matter who you are, there's always something mm. more to be had, which could be yours if only you were someone else. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's just, I don't know. It's to me, it, 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 it encapsulates the feeling of being a modern human, especially now more than ever, you know, with the, mm. with the disparage uh, between incomes and whatnot, you know? So yeah. Yeah, there was this song mm. from a band back in 2005, 6, 7, I don't know. It was, no, maybe 2007 or 8 or 9, back when I was in uni. I think the band is called Manchester Orchestra. Mm, there was, a, yeah, mm -hmm. it was a, it's a great song. Forgot the title, though. But there was a, <laughs> there's a lyric to the song which says, which says, because enough is never quite enough what's enough i think that was like mind-blowingly cool and then i read touch but it's but it's true isn't it because enough is never quite enough so what is enough you know because especially if you if you see people these days they're always you know ramping up for something more they never actually feel like you know this is good enough this is enough. Mm. Nobody, nobody felt that. There's always something more to be achieved. And then back to the touch quote, it says that no matter who you are, there's always something more to be had, which is true, as you can see, on you know, look around you, and then which could be yours if only you were someone else. Isn't that the whole situation right now you look at your friend or you look at your co-workers or you look at random strangers that you follow on instagram probably and you see that oh their, their lives are better than mine could have been mine if i were them you know stuff's like that so 
that's the thing. The social commentary in lots of Claire North's book is is wrapped in such a cool way. Incorporated a lot of science fiction theme, fantasy theme. I don't, I don't know. I don't even think that's necessarily fantasy or science fiction. Do you think so, Lynn? It's just weird ass thing. It's it's fiction, uh, but the I, I uh, it's like I don't know how to say. It. Like I don't I don't know if there's like a genre that is like a modern, contemporary kind of fiction because it really is just like the modern setting with like an element of science fiction or fantasy to it. And I think it's really interesting because you can totally see that this is either happening or will happen. Oh, so yeah, that's, that's it. So yeah, I mean, I think that's like what makes the book very attractive. Um, of course, aside from like the way she writes, which is just unique and brilliant. Um, but other than that, I don't know. It's just so appealing, and you just felt you felt seen when reading that book. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I guess like what Bill said earlier with like very relatable quotes. I yeah. guess you can like kind of like. Wow, she actually puts my thoughts to work. Exactly. That's what that's, makes that's how the books amazing. And you know, okay. yeah. I gave The Sudden Appearance of Hope a four out of five star. Mm. But now that I went back to my Goodreads page and I was looking through the quotes from that book, it's remember, this book was written in 2016, but like a lot of the mm. quotes are like, you can totally use it right now. Look, for, for instance, I'm going to write you one. The internet gave us all the power of speech. And what did we discover? That victory goes to he who shouts the loudest and that reason does not mm. sell. Isn't that what's mm. happening right Look now? Look at that. And then this one. It's just money, he replied. It's just paper. It's time, I said, sharper than I'd meant. It's the means to purchase time. It's the cost of a new bed in a hospital, a solar panel on a roof. Mm -hmm. It's a year's salary for a tailor in Dhaka. It's the price of a fishing boat, the cost of an education. It's not money. It's what it could have been. Mm -hmm. So it's always in the first mm -hmm. person narrative. Not necessarily. Okay. No, it's actually, it's, it's because it's person. the dialogue of the characters. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. It yeah, says here that she's a cool. fantasy adventure and science fiction novelist. Mm. So maybe it's a mixture of three, but not, yeah. not historical yeah. in a yeah. way. Yeah. Not really sure, but but the but the the first fifteen lives of Harry August. First fifteen lives of Harry August. Yeah, yeah. that's proper mm. historical fiction. Yeah. With a little mm. bit of fantasy, but it's the yeah. ending. Oh, oh God, no! Wow. Mm. I Genuinely, just, I put it wow! Amazing. The cover looks in, interesting and convincing. Oh, yeah. No, seriously, mm. you don't uh, for this particular someone. books. Uh -huh. Don't judge the book by its cover. Just trust our word. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> like, just read it. I mean, like, listen. Yeah. Lynn yeah. and I read this book like years ago, back uh -huh. when life was yeah. All, ra all rainbows and lollipops and whatnots and unicorns farting rainbows and whatever. With a little sprinkle of phrases yeah. here and there, but, but no, nothing that yeah. we cannot deal with. Look at us. Right? <laughs> We're still super, super awed by this book. And like I said last episode, oh. I, I, a lot of the time I associate the word beautiful with something sad, right? Mm -hmm. True, mm. in all technicality, three of the well, all four books that I've read from Claire North ended in a way that kind of sad. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, but it's more than just it being sad that I loved it, it's the journey, the journey of reading yeah. it. It's so so good. Like, okay. I'm not gonna hit on All the Light We Cannot See because I love that book also, but. Even all the light we cannot see has some parts in the book that when I read it again, I would probably like just skip it. Mm -hmm. All the all four books that I've read from Claire North, nah, man, I ain't skipping no page. Nah. -uh. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so, yeah. so kind of sold yeah. on that one.
your all-time favorite book character for Rob? Okay. Wow, that's a hard one, isn't it? It is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. The other question is a lot harder. You probably don't know what to answer with either. So I, I went uh, with the easier yeah. one for you. Ever? Like the most, my most favorite all time? All time. All time. Do you know what all time it's means? Kind of hard, isn't it? It's not hard. You could use, you could say Larasati because I remember you said something about, is is that a character? Yeah, I know that's like, a title. Name. Larasati is like, I I remembered. like a tramp, you know, like she's. Like, <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. No, but <laughs> I like the name Larasati because okay. it's the story and yeah. the name. It's like, the name resonates the ideal aspect of how you want the character to be, but the storyline is the exact opposite. You know, like she's living through hardships. Larahati was kind of interesting and memorable, but of course, I think all time, me being such a Pram fanboy, I think Minke was um, Minke was one of the Wait, my, my most favorite one. Wait, is Minka? Do tell us a little bit of the backstory, man, because I personally yeah, don't. I haven't yeah. read the book. I was going so, to ask, is Minka yeah. the one played by Iqbal? Yeah, or yeah, it is actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all yeah. I know. I, I hate the fact that you had to relate it to him. That's the problem. <laughs> I, hate, I hate the fact. That's why I that guy so much because not every time people talk oh. about Minka, it's Iqbal. Like, damn it, man. No, like. Who the hell came over <laughs> as Minke, you know? Okay, because wait in my opinion, before you elaborate further, I have a question regarding Minka. You know, since mm. he's your favorite book character, like if you had, mm. if you had to pick anybody mm. to portray Minka, who do you think would? Minka. Yeah, who do you think would would portray him the best, according to you? Mm. And why? Great question. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. It doesn't weird, have but... to be like an Indonesian actor. It mm. doesn't have to be someone who's still alive. I don't know. Maybe if you like a, a, an actor that already passed away and you think he would portray Minka the best, go for it, man. But I want to know mm. the reason why you think this person would portray Minka better than Iqbal. Mm. I think I don't know. <laughs> I once thought that Minka had Minka's face, mm -hmm. like the way he's been portrayed in the book. I thought that his face looked kind of like Dono mixed with Budianduk. <laughs> I don't know why because it just happened that way. With all due respect, I just thought that it was kind of like that at the beginning. You know, like oh, Minka is such a you know, like he's a he's an aspiring scholar. He had the privilege to go to like um, uh, the Netherlands school, the Dutch. In this school, mm -hmm. but he was also a very pre-boomy kind of person, mm -hmm. and he had the ca mm -hmm. facial characteristics of a pre-boomy person. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really a little bit with Dono and Budianduk. But then, as the story progressed, like pre-boomy, you mean like Javanese? Yeah, Javanese. You know, like with very strong cheekbones okay. and flat noses and something like that. But then, okay. you know. Um, in the progression of the story, Minka becomes the sort of a love interest of Annelies, which mm -hmm. is the, um, the the Dutch girl that came from the other family. So I, I must have thought, oh, maybe Minka is quite good looking. So maybe <laughs> Javanese with a softer posture. Mm -hmm. And then my mind kind of drifted to the dude who played, what's that Indian movie called? What? Uh, Slump. What? Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire. Yes, the dude that plays that who plays in Avatar too. What's his name? Uh, Dev Patel. Uh, Dev Patel. Yes, I thought maybe it looks kind of like Dave Patel. So, but Dev Patel is super gorgeous, though. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, super gorgeous. So more or less like that. Because okay. so you imagine someone like Dev Patel. Yeah, Dev Patel. You don't think someone that, who looks like Dono and Budi Anduk doesn't really deserve love from Anduk? <laughs> Yeah. Right. You see, that's, that's you're right. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. I think that's just me. You know, that's that's my perception of things. So I maybe this is of our colonized mentality that we think that oh, the pure Javanese face is just not likable. You know, but yeah, but I kind of thought that maybe it's a mixture of those three. Like, 
I don't know how because because in a way, analysts and also analysts' mom became interested in Minka. You know, really? Minka was supposed to be yeah. Well, okay. it's not like a like a, um, milf or something. No, 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 no. Okay. It's it's purely um, like a platonic mm -hmm. love and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I figured that Minka was quite good looking and. Why I like Minke as a favorite character was because he, I was relatable. He was relatable to me. Like he, I felt that you know, as a pribumi somewhat person in Indonesia, if I were to live in that era, mm -hmm. I think I would have felt the same with Minke. And I also feel that I kind of had the same privileges with Minke. You know, in a way that Minke was able to attend higher education. Minka was mm. able to get into the government administration. He was mm. able to hustle his way and he found it into the upper layers of society in a way. And then mm -hmm. he became somewhat well off, even though his life was full of hardships because he had to consolidate his position in society. But yeah, it, it kind mm. of felt relatable. That's why Minka was mm. interesting. And the fact that Pram portrayed him in such a way, his storytelling is very compelling. And I think the translator was also good enough in translating his work uh, to English. So if you read mm. the English version, it's also quite compelling. But of course, the Indonesian version is even more compelling because you get the context and you can really feel mm. like uh, the dust the panorama, the scenery of that era, and Minke being a kid in among these white people, you know, trying to consolidate his place. I think that's why he's memorable to me. Yeah. And then who else? Mm. Memorable one would be. Uh, oh, I also from Bram is the the story of Bram himself while he was being mm -hmm. exonerated to Pula Buru. I mean, if you mm -hmm. have the chance to read Tetralogi Buru, mm -hmm. it actually mm -hmm. tells the story of how he was ousted to the Eastern part mm -hmm. of Indonesia and he became like a political prisoner, right? And then he, mm -hmm. he would compile stories from his friends. So from his uh, fellow inmates, and they told stories about how they were struggling with wow. creatures, mm. living in the forest, trying oh, to escape, wow. and basically just struggling with malaria every day. And they were struggling and missing their family so much. But when they got back to meet their family, everything changed. Like they don't know who their family is anymore. And their family doesn't know who they are anymore. So mm. it's kind of weird. They want to go back, but once they get back, everything becomes awkward. So that was also interesting. The way he faced mm. them was like, oh yeah, I think this would be me if I were posted too long. I mean, if I were posted in, in like, <laughs> like a decade or something, I, I came back to Indonesia, I meet my family. You love the house though. <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt like that sometimes, you know, like, I don't know, it, it feels feel Really? What? Like, So about this character, going back to the topic, I think mm -hmm. as I was explaining to you guys, I think I kind of understand why it's kind of hard for me to venture out into new books because I get vested in the way the storyteller portrays the character. So that's why I'm really faithful to the writers like Pram, Haruki Murakami, and then um, uh, who else? Uh, I used to be a fan of Raditya Dika because I was so chatek at that time. I really like his uh, teen flicks because I like the way he portrayed his story. Mm -hmm. So, so mm -hmm. seeing you, seeing like Dils saying that she has this really fond memory of the previous author, and then but she also reads a lot of books. Like I don't think I can invest my time in trying to like. Uh, a lot of characters of the book. So that's why I'm really, I think it's more of the way it's being written than the characters of, um, uh, the, the way that I like my characters because it is being written by that specific person, that specific um, writing style of that person. So that's why, um, 
because of the limited time I have in reading books, I invest my time in books that I know that I will like. And usually it's the same author over and over again, you know. So that's maybe, mm -hmm. maybe that's why I don't venture out into new books. No, maybe, is, I know. Even if you like a certain author, it does not necessarily mm. guarantee that all of their works are going to be to your liking. That's true. That's true. Yes. Yeah. yeah Especially yeah. authors that have mm. written a lot of books. That's that's mm. when you can. Mm. That's after you read several of their works. That's when you can try to, like, see the difference between this and the others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's okay. I totally get mm. what you mean because a lot of I think the one of the reason I I decided to, well, going back to Claire North, one of the reason why I decided to read. Uh, the sudden appearance, disappearance of hope was because I knew it was written by Claire North. I just read yeah. the first fifteen lives of Harry August, and I generally like that book, so I just assumed, you know, probably her book is going to be something that I would like also. Yeah. But it, and thankfully, it did become one of my favorite books. But like, I don't think it's necessarily always going to be like that for um, for other authors, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being pretentious yeah. once again in this episode. Truly, <laughs> truly appreciate you sticking out your well, like, I was <laughs> truly appreciate the fact that you really, really um, about about. Yeah, but you guys should should really try to try to um, you know buy a thin book of from. No, that, and... that's the thing though. I I don't mm -hmm. like okay, don't like is a very strong word. I I think we've also discussed this a couple of episodes back. Like enjoying a classic is a really difficult thing for me. Be it a classic in English or a classic in Bahasa Indonesia, it's just I don't know. I mean, I I wanted to be able to enjoy a classic so that I can appreciate how literature was written back in those days, you know, so that you know, a sort of an appreciation kind of thing, you know. But yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's 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 been difficult. I tried, but never really went yeah. past. I couldn't even bring myself to have an interest. Mm. Maybe if I did try, mm. I'd probably like it. But even bringing myself to have an interest is also diff. It's already difficult. I know, but I still don't understand why Pram was such an issue. Like I get that his books are very engaging. That's why, yeah. like someone that's as thick as me would actually really like Bram, you know, that just goes to show that, you know, Bram has a way to reach out to his readers and create some kind of like a loyalty, mm -hmm. like a, a fan base, quote unquote, that is so mm -hmm. loyal to his work. And maybe that's why he became like a quote unquote threat to the state at that time. But yeah, but if you read his stories, I don't know if it's very implicit, but the issues are actually not really, how would you say, like critical, you know, it's just everyday life. So I don't know if it's, if I'm just too thick to understand or the story was just too good, but his stories are actually quite normal, you know, no, just related to fair, though, mm -hmm. you're also a pretentious prick. <laughs> so I, think, I just told you all that and you're just kind of rounding up to my no, okay, no. meeting. Uh, going back to what you said, I don't know if I were, being too thick that I couldn't see the subliminal message whatsoever. I think that mm, yeah, that's what I as, say. as 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 a as a book reader, you don't really mm. have to trouble yourself by trying to see mm. the book that you're reading the way other people is seeing it. You know? right. I mean mm. if uh, there is right, yeah, a subliminal yeah. message in said mm. Pram books, for example and say you're too thick to notice that it doesn't matter if you can't see it as long as you get to enjoy it when you're reading the books for me personally i don't bother myself like yeah. like say for example what 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 fancy ass books okay for instance narnia a lot of people no seriously a lot of people like well, no no seriously okay. a lot of like serious people sees narnia as they 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 understand it as c.s lewis trying to tell story about christianity you know, mm -hmm. true. With uh, yeah. Aslan being the personification of Jesus, mm -hmm. you know, he, Jesus. Yeah, he died and he he, he raised he rise again, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. I 
maybe mm-hmm. because I'm not a Christian, so I don't really see that strong correlation. Mm-hmm. Maybe for for Christian, they they could really see it, you know, having read the Bible and everything. I don't see mm-hmm. that. The only thing I can see is that oh right, Jesus died and he was raised, raised, risen. Well, English is not my first language. And it also happens with Aslan because of due to the faith of these people, due to the faith of the Narnians and the and the Pevensies, Aslan had risen again, right? And there are other examples that people pointed out in, in several of the other Narnia series. I generally don't bother myself with that. Not because I don't want to know about the Christianity aspects of that book, assuming there is. Mm-hmm. But because for me, reading a book is about engaging the, the story, you know, yeah. being part of the story, be it fiction, be it nonfiction. You are engaged with what the author mm. is trying to tell you. And if you can reach that level of engagement, you can enjoy that book from front to back, you've you fulfill your duty as a book reader. You don't have to worry about, mm-hmm. oh, yes, this is talking about yada yada, the subliminal message of this particular literature is yada. No. I mean, it's mm-hmm. cool if you do, if you care. Mm-hmm. But if you, even if you don't, it doesn't matter. The book is still interesting. You are still mm-hmm. part yeah. of, of the people that's right, that's right. that like the book. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, don't worry about being sick. We all know you're a pretentious prick anyway. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Yeah, but like when when I read Animal Farm, like I get it, like oh, oh so yeah, 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 yeah. But from though, yeah. So, oh yeah, like I get it. Like I get it. What it's trying to say, the the idea of that time, blah blah blah. But I could never get into like legit, proper, serious discussion about the book because for me, it's just I see that book as, as a fictional mm-hmm. work and. All the mm-hmm. all the comments that I could give about the book is all fictional aspects to it. I don't. I, I cannot mm-hmm. talk about the allegory or the what have you. Like, not nah, bitch. Talk what was that? It's it mm-hmm. it's. Uh, you know, I, I'm not even gonna try. If Lynn wants my guess, to, my guess, it's a my guess, right? If, if if Lynn wants to like give her give her take on man, I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> no. Uh, well, the thing is for me, I think it's because, again, I'm also not cultured, you know, I don't really read classics and stuff, but I get to read 1984 because uh, because of like this class I need to take about North Korean society and politics. So so the, the professor actually started with like, um, maybe you should try to read this, this, this book, just as like, you know, light reading and I was like, this is light, quoting from Ron Weasley, of course. But anyway, it's well, uh, and then I was like, oh, well, it's a fiction book, so it's definitely more interesting than like the journals. Mm. That's where I started it. So I guess for me, it's always been like, oh, because the, at the time, it is the aim of the professor to be like, yeah, this is basically like, isn't it scary that something that is a work of fiction mm. and was written like years ago <laughs> is still very relevant? Mm-hmm. in the North Korean society today. But then again, nobody also can really give you like like the, an accurate glimpse of what the society was like there, right? It's like all you heard from like journalists and stuff, but you cannot really verify. But then again, it gives you like, oh, wow, this is like, okay, this is like legit scared, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I guess there's also this one thing. Um, I don't know if Dils remembers but we actually took this one course. I forgot what the name of it was, but the professor teaches. professor that, that is young. And like. Professor Bion, I think, yeah, that's yeah, his name. I with, don't remember. With the black but, glasses. Yes, yes, that guy. So the thing is, like, I think he really likes that IR book from Cynthia Weber, which I also would like. I mean, like, that's probably like as academic as, as I can be. <laughs> okay. like, it's a very good book for like an intro to IR theories, basically, because they relate each paradigm to theory. Uh, sorry, to movies. And at a time, do you remember that we get to watch Lord of the Flies in class? Yes. Because it illustrates realism. Yep. That was see, uh, like that's the thing. I never got into so that kind was, of theory, like realism. Oh, what there was four. Yeah, there were four, right? <laughs> they're like a realism, liberalism, constructivism. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's like there's like a few of a few of them actually. But the thing is, 
um, yeah, the the book actually, I think uh, uh, the I mean, like the textbook that that they use is actually far easier to read rather than like the other IR textbooks. Like mm-hmm. I think Ram mentioned, like why nations fail. So uh, I was like, uh, oh, uh, I can't. But anyways, that that was actually a really good intro because like people don't really get like this abstract things and then they try to kind of like explain it in a visual way with the movies. And then in the book, they kind of just like review the movie and and show you like, hey, this is like the elements of the theories that you can find in the movie. Mm-hmm. And Lord of the Flies is actually also from a book. Right? Mm-hmm. So I get to read the book. It was eerie. And I actually really, even though it's eerie, I actually liked it. It was interesting. I could never bring myself but, to read it. Yeah, I, it was a bit it gory. It probably will I mean, haunt me in my sleep. Yeah. Or in my waking yeah. yeah. Lord of the Flies. It's, yeah. It makes me feel very hollow after I read it. But, even so, as we were watching um, the movie in class, I remember yeah. I was I was, yeah, I was right? googling about the book and the movie to know how it actually pans out because I don't want to be taken mm-hmm. by surprise. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. yeah. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, for me, I think you know, uh, it's great if you can actually learn something from it. Like, especially if it is the writer's intention to kind of like um, criticize the society or kind of like reveal something that people don't really realize uh, of like what's happening actually in in the world. Mm. But yeah, I I totally agree that uh, it doesn't mean that if you don't necessarily get that, that that means you're not a real fan using air quotes. Mm. So yeah, again, right? So it's, it's like, yeah, you're just you're just a reader. You're you just yeah. enjoy reading the, so long as the you, story, and that's enough. You are able to engage with the story. It means that you've done your part as a book reader. You 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 have yeah. with the author because reading their work is engaging with what what was yeah. before something that that was in that were in their brains, and now it became a sort of product. Mm. And you are part of that mm. product for reading it. Yes, Lynn. What was the last book you read? <laughs> uh, the last book I read was So Sad Today. Oh, you finished it? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I'm about oh, okay. to finish it. So, I, mm. uh, it's, it's, so it's, I mean, that was the last book I read. Right? Please tell us what you think about it. I, wow, mm-hmm. goddamn, I just didn't know that it would be so explicit. It is right. Actually, <laughs> explicit. Let me throw an homage to our previous episode. When I when I thought <laughs> about explicit, when I read the subtle art of not giving a fuck, I was expecting that kind of explicit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh god. I honestly here's the thing. I mean, when you said explicit at the time, I was like, oh yeah, like just whatever, right? Just say it kind of thing, like a bucket or whatever. But this is like sexually explicit. Right. <laughs> sexually explicit. Mm-hmm. That's like probably the like the most sexually explicit book I've ever read in my life. <laughs> so I was like, wow, okay. But I mean, it's interesting still. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of like as 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 I read these these collection of essays, it makes me feel like wow. I mean, like um, you you get to get. At least, like a glimpse of um, how 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 this person thinks, and you kind of like understand why they feel broken, you know. So, and then it kind of like translates to how they make choices in life, and you just yeah, you were like, oh okay. So you can, it feels like you're learning about the person who you've never met before, but somehow you felt like oh okay, you're you're there. In like her kind of like journey, at least I don't know. That's basically. And thing is, um, I because thought. I read mm-hmm. that, I when I finished so sad today, I have a newfound love for reading personal essays, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be as interesting as 
reading So Sad Today, right? So the next book that mm -hmm. I bought was, um, I forgot the, the author, but the title was What If This Were Enough? And I thought it was so cool. Again, I have this, wow. this fascination with things about being enough or not enough, right? So I was like, oh, cool. So yeah. I bought the book, I read it, and fucking hell, mate, I hate that book so much. Oh, no. The author is really pretentious. She all, mm -hmm. all, like, most of her essays always goes back to she would refer some books or some movies that she've watched or read and see as books and and movies like oh look at how cultured i am with this knowledge about mm. like fucking hell mate and i don't know i just don't feel genuine i don't feel i don't feel like it's a raw i don't feel personal with with the essays i I felt like this author was putting up a front with all these so-called mm -hmm. personal essays. Whereas when I read So Sad mm -hmm. Today, I generally felt like this person, she's really being wrong about her pain, her anger, yeah. her sadness, and, and being able to read someone's anger, yeah. someone's sadness and despair, depression, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that is extremely raw. It is so mm. comforting and especially when i read so sad today it was it was around the time when i was first diagnosed with depression right so i really really felt connected to her you know her frustration yeah. her anger and i felt like mm. i felt seen you know yeah. So, yeah yeah that's that's why i genuinely love that book and mm. and i always kept on telling people like if you're uncomfortable with things being extremely explicit like don't even consider this book, man. Because even, mm -hmm. even as someone who loves explicit words, I found myself like blushing, not blushing out of embarrassment, blushing like, dang, girl, this bitch has no filter whatsoever. I know, I know. This bitch <laughs> just went to town with all the explicit wow. words available for her wow. to use. Like, good for you, know. Like, her fantasies and all were just like out of the world. I'm like, like I was hell, so man. Get a fucking. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm legit appalled. Yep. Like, whoa, whoa, okay. So, is this I book mean, like I, only relatable to women? Just out of curiosity. I haven't so. read the book, so. that's why. I don't know, man. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know, know man. But I, don't I know. think, unless. How is it written, though? Is it a, an essay written by her or by written her. by people? people? No, by her. Yeah, it's like your, yeah, it's like a diary, like a ah, okay. biography, but it's it's being broken down into essays, and it doesn't it doesn't go yeah. in a chronological order, you know. But it's so she kind of like in every essay, she kind of like talks about a certain issue from yeah, her standpoint. It's, it's 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 divided by themes. Mm. Yeah, it's like here's the thing. It's like I almost felt like when I read it, it's like it's like a blog yep. entry. There it is. Like, uh, okay. So he just right. ramble about things, and and so and then suddenly everything just comes to like this one conclusion of things on why she started with like certain certain um, sentences, like. I don't like this, but or like I know this is wrong, but you know, and then and then she she kept like mentioning like certain bits of like either what's happened to her, like her experiences before, and what she felt about things, and then and then it and then it's like in the end you kind of like felt like oh okay this is what she's trying to say, this is what she's trying to express, you know. So again, I, with that question, like, is this a book for women? I, here's the thing. I don't I don't even know if there's like a woman or a man's perspective to things. I just felt like it's bullshit. Um I felt like I don't know maybe it it actually is true for some for some people that there are like differences in how you kind of like perceive things based on your gender but for me personally my whole life it's always been like for me I'm just like human, you know? Like I just felt like well this is me trying to understand another human being. So I don't necessarily like feel like, oh, um, this probably would cater better to men or this would be probably cater better to women. I, I sometimes don't really know how to answer that question. For me, for me, it's just, yeah, for me, it's like an experience of just getting to understand 
another person. Um, and I think it's more universal rather than, you know, like, I don't know if there's like a division on it, like whether men would enjoy it better or women would enjoy it better, but maybe that's just me. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about, I don't know what, what about you, Dilch, because you read the book as well. I don't, I don't, I yeah. don't know. I think as a general rule, you'd probably relate more with the book if you've been, if you've experienced what she experienced when she wrote that book or mm-hmm. when she wrote part of the essays. Like I said, I relate yeah. so well with, uh, you know, some of her essays in that book. Mm. Because when I read that book the first time, I was going through a lot of stuff. Like I know something is wrong with me mentally, but I can't really put into words because I'm not qualified to to diagnose myself. So I was just, mm. you know, drowning in this anger. of I know something is wrong, but what the fuck is wrong with me? Why the fuck am I feeling yes. yeah. emotions mm. that I can't put into words? So yeah. by the time I was reading the book, whenever she felt angry, mm. I felt like connected with her anger. Like, bitch. Mm. I see you. I see you. And then I got diagnosed and then I went on medication and I went through like, do I take my medication? What if I got addicted? Blah, blah, blah. Mm. All these mm. very, very foreign emotions, all these roller coaster ride following to eventually I took the medication and I felt that I did get better because of the medication. I So when I read her stories and they were part of her stories before she was diagnosed, after she got diagnosed... And- she changed her medication because this medication made her feel mm-hmm. like this, like this, like this. Mm-hmm. I felt like I've, I've, I've experienced this. I felt so connected with that. So that's why mm-hmm. I like this story because mm-hmm. uh, like Lynn said, uh, it's very refreshing to connect to someone, even though you don't know them personally, yeah. especially yeah. In, 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 in moments of your life that you don't really understand very well. Like you understand sadness yeah. because your loved one passed away. You understand sadness mm. because you because your relationship faded out. You yeah. understand happiness because you got the job that you want or whatever. Mm-hmm. But being depressed until oh, you get properly yeah. diagnosed, until you get proper uh, treatment about it, it's mm-hmm. a foreign feeling. Like you know something oh. is wrong, but you don't know what exactly is. You know so. Yeah. Being able to yeah. relate all these things with mm. someone that you don't necessarily have to know, but knowing that, mm. of course, my brain knows that me being depressed is not unique. Like a lot of people are also depressed, but you don't talk about that unless you're in a situation mm. where you share these kinds of things. And then here you are being depressed, and then you read a book about someone that goes through the same thing as you did, and you felt connected, especially mm. because, like I said, it was so raw. That's why you felt mm-hmm. like, this is what I'm feeling. I'm like, bitch, you yeah. spoke my mind. So, yeah. So, yeah. I think, true, it, it has nothing to do with whether you're a woman or you're a man to be able to enjoy this. But I think you would have enjoyed it more if you've experienced what she's mm. experienced. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's what going I going through like depression or anxiety. You probably you you'd see like oh wow this is like basically how my brain works. You know something like that. Um, okay. Yeah, because the thing is like when like when I said like the book was like really sexually explicit, um, I honestly felt I I mean I myself don't really have like even half of that experience. <laughs> I, neither do I, bro. Yeah, like, dude, like, like this girl's wild. Like, I, 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 like, I look like I'm all about the sex. Genuinely, yeah. sexual partner has always been this dude, this prick. <laughs> I don't have any other sexual partner. Yeah, but yeah, but the thing is, like, when she mentions this, these things, of course, I would not be able to kind of like totally relate. Like, I, I don't know what exactly it, it felt like. To be in that predicament, or like to be to have that kind of fantasy or kind of or that kind of thing, but just just the way she kind of like write it, like the, the way she writes what she felt, what she thinks, that's probably what the thing that I relate more onto, mm-hmm. you know. So so yeah, it's not like necessarily it's not it's not like a play by a play. Like okay, so she experiences, and I I I, I can. 
totally relate to that because I also have experience with Nono. It's like more on like, yeah, just just the way she expresses it through expresses it through writing. Yep. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but anyways, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very interesting read because I also have never read anything like this before. Right? Neither do so I. <laughs> and I thought I read. I mean, like for someone who's like a huge fan of smut fan fiction, I thought I was prepared. Oh, no. <laughs> you are so not prepared for this. I'm like, no. this girl is wild. No. Wild is an understatement, actually. Yeah. I <laughs> honestly not, don't. Not shame. Yeah. I am not shaming whatsoever. No, 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 no. This is just, yeah. This is just like <laughs> an I say. Yeah, nice save, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And don't forget to check the books that we've talked about in the episode. It's all in the show's notes. And stay home and read. Bye-bye! Soju in Samarang. Oh, yeah. this one? Specialist Soju yeah. and, and I told, And I, I would tell you, like, it's it's no halal soju. It's it's legit soju. That was what I, I was going to That's the thing that I was going to tell you about. Did you guys know there is like, a halal soju? And I was like, what the yeah, fuck? Because it's like air pajin. I know, I don't know. Because I, oh, I, I saw a friend of mine was posting in on, on, on his uh, Instagram story, right? And he was just, he was like, you know, reviewing reviewing the, the drink. And I was reading the hangul and it's like, wait, is have i have i read it wrong how, how do i read it as halal and i was like so i texted him i was like what's this and he said oh it's supposed to be halal soju but it tastes like crap i was like why like the whole purpose of a haram product is not to make the halal version of it <laughs> what's what's meant to be haram let it be haram. like that's that's why it's called haram you know if you're gonna make a halal, haram be haram, man. I if you're gonna make halal version of a haram product like Damn, girl. Exactly. Okay. And I'm like speaking, speaking quote unquote religiously. I mean, the fact that you're trying a version of something that is supposed to be haram means like you're not good enough at controlling your urges. Like, isn't that the whole purpose? Yeah. You're not exactly. exactly. And you're and defeating I, the purpose of it. What's exactly. And then he was like, oh, yeah, you're right. What about? vegan bacon though and i said oh I huh? and i said oh i have oh, okay. vegan bacon it's mm-hmm. it's not weird but it's kind unique i would say unique it's not bad but it's unique like it smells so much like bacon mm. is it and, like and you can taste that it uh, kind of tastes like stale bacon but the texture is <laughs> like this is not bacon. like bacon yeah this is not bacon this is like kropok you know, like it's too I see, crispy. I see, I see. It's like crisps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and not okay. like crispy bacon. You know, like crispy bacon stills kind of chewy in some way because like, chewy, yeah. that's the nature mm-hmm. of bacon. But like this, yeah. this is just, just like straight up insanity. 